before we go into our Bible study this morning, we'll just really review for those who missed out yesterday what we discussed in our Bible study yesterday. And we were reading in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 to 3, and we were talking about how high God's thoughts was, was compared to ours and how he, how different his ways um, are and how that is contrasted towards like that's who God is and here are the wicked people who their thoughts and their ways are, are wicked and evil. Whereas God, it's He's He's high above the heavens. He's, and and we spoke about how amazing and like um I guess um the word is omnipresent, but also ob, ob, objective. Objective. Oh, oh, sorry, and omniscient. <laughs> omniscient. Sorry. That's it. Um, how this God is so all powerful and transcendent, yet He is so personal with us. Yes. Yes. And uh, we just went into that, and I guess we finished off our study saying, you know, it's really important to contemplate the study of redemption and salvation mm. because that really uplifts our minds and our thoughts um, because I guess being in the world and if you're always on social media or always watching the news or always just always on Netflix or always, you know, not in the company of good people, maybe just talking about gossip or other people and things that aren't, you know, edifying or just helpful, your thoughts and your ways tend to be a little, you know, Degraded. Yes. <laughs> and that's yeah. just the fact of the matter, right? You, the more you, I guess they say, the more you hang out with certain people, they kind of rub off on you. Yep. Um, and that's just encouragement. Spend time with Jesus. Definitely. Um, let him rub off on you. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. And this study this morning is called Fast Friends, but we're not talking about speedy fast friends. No. <laughs> we're talking about the practice of fasting. Yes, we are. Well, let's begin Isaiah chapter chapter 58 this time, verse 1 to 8. To our listeners out there, you can turn there as well, 58 verse 1 to 8, and Kate's just going to read it for us. Okay, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice at all. I will tell you why I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. When your salvation, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Wow. Thank you. Just listening to you read it, the first thoughts that kind of came through my mind was, the kind of God that is revealed here and the fact that he cares so much for social justice and people and doing the right thing. 
and he cares much deeper than your behavior and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. He cares about the heart, which actually kind of links into what David was sharing earlier with our interview this morning, how dealing with addictions, if you're just dealing with the symptoms and the behaviors, you're you're treating the addiction, but what you want to deal with is the heart issues, right? The core, the core, Mm -hmm. the traumas that's happened in life, the big life events that's shaken you in such a way that you have to medicate your pain and that it's, you know, you're in a, you're in a hurtful place. Um, and you need those anchors in your life. Mm -hmm. And here I just see a God that wants to go deeper with us, Mm -hmm. that sees your behavior, but understands that your heart isn't in the right place and calls you out for it. Right, and some of their behavior was, you know, good, and some of it was atrocious. Yes, and he's just like, oh, don't go through the motions yeah. when you are actually hurting other people that I created. Yes, stop that. That's not what I want. Exactly. <laughs> Treat them good. <laughs> exactly, and and you know, God says in His Bible, He wants He came to offer life and life more abundantly. Yeah, and that's like you're right. When we're when we treat people wrong, when we're living in such a way um, that. We are gratifying ourselves that we're not denying ourselves. We, we're not living abundantly. And in fact, you feel trapped and you live in a, in a life of a, a life full of addictions mm. and isolation and shame and yeah. loneliness. And so you're right. You're absolutely right. God does call us to better, uh, and to, to come to him. So there's a fast here. We were talking about fasting. Mm. Um, in what is the fast referred to in Isaiah 58 verse three? Okay. So I'll just remind you what that said. Mm -hmm. We have fasted before you. They said, why aren't you impressed? We've been hard on ourselves and you didn't notice it. (laughs) Okay. Sounds like a, sounds like a complaint. Um, well. Yes. Well, I kept on reading in the lesson, so I know that it is the day of atonement. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, which is actually at one mint. Ah, pretty cool. Yes. How we're made at one with God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yes, you're right. It's the fast of atonement, day of atonement. It's commanded by God. And that's in Leviticus 16 verse 29. I've just got it here real quick and I'll read it to you. It says, this shall be a statue forever for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls and do not work at all, whether a native of your own a country or a stranger that dwells among you. That's Leviticus 16, um, verse, wait, did I read? Yes, 29. Um, and verse 31, it says, 31, here we are. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you and you shall afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. Do you have that version? It might be a bit more yes. clearer on your version. Yes. So or, Leviticus 16, was it 29? Uh, verse 29 and 31. Okay. On the 10th day of the appointed month in early autumn, you must deny yourselves, neither native born Israelites, nor foreigners living among you may do any kind of work. This is a permanent law for you. And then down to 31, it will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you and you must deny yourselves. This is a permanent law for you. Mm, interesting. So this day of fasting is a day of denying, mm. di- denying yourself. Yeah. Can you return to Leviticus 23 verse 27 to 32 real quick? And that just talks more on the fast of the day of atonement, which we're talking about. Sure. Leviticus 23, verse 27 to 32. 32. Perfect. Be careful to celebrate the Day of Atonement on the 10th day of that same month, nine days after the Festival of Trumpets. You must observe it 
as an official day for holy assembly, a day to deny yourselves and present special gifts to the Lord. Do not work during that entire day because it is the day of atonement when offerings of purification are made for you, making you right with the Lord your God. All who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people, and I will destroy among you uh, who does not who does any work on that day. You must not do any work at all. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. This will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you, and on that day you must deny yourselves. This day of rest will begin at sundown on the ninth day of the month and extend until sundown on the tenth day. Mm, interesting. So this Day of Atonement, we're talking a lot about self-denial and sacrifice, and we're going to listen more and talk about about that. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so the Day of Atonement we're talking about, it talks about uh, the verses that you just read. It talks about denying yourself and these sacrifices that we make, uh, that the Israelites were to make to God. So this fast that we're referring to in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 3, it must be uh, referring to the fast of the Day of Atonement. And that's confirmed in Isaiah chapter 8, verse uh, 3, in the parallel expression Um it's there, it's there. Can you see verse three? Can you see, um, let me have a look. It says, humbling, humble ourselves. So denying yourselves as well. Yes. Similar language. Do you yes. see the crossover, the, the kind of, um, association? So this, um, it's followed by terminology of Leviticus. So the words that they use in Isaiah chapter 58 verse three is similar to the words that they use in the verses that you read in Leviticus. Yes. Yes. Um, humbling or afflicting oneself refers to various forms of self-denial, including, including fasting. We're going to turn to Psalms 35 verse 13, Psalms 35 verse 13. And just a question to our listeners out there, if they've experienced fasting for themselves or if they're, you know, if that's something that they practice, um, Psalms at 50, where am I? 35, 13. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yet when they were ill, I grieved for them. I denied myself by fasting for them, but my prayers returned unanswered. Mm, Interesting. Mm. And Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, verse 2, 3, and 12. Okay. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant oils until those three weeks had passed. And then down to 12. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourselves before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayers. Wow. Yes. That's beautiful. So, yes, we're talking about fasting. And fasting, we clearly see there's like a connection between self-denial Many of these people give up food um, during that time to... Daniel was specifically praying while he was fasting, he right? Was, he was. Um, I guess I want to ask Kate, like, what? how do you see value in fasting as a practice? Yeah, yeah well, I guess we... 
you know, eat three times a day, <laughs> most of us, uh, if not more. Mm. Um, and if we don't, our tummy definitely reminds us. Yes. And our blood sugars can get a little bit <laughs> lower. And um, we we see it as necessary food for fuel to survive. Mm. Um, but, you know, God is our daily bread. Yes. <laughs> and so he is our true spiritual bread. And we actually need him more than we need food. Um, so when we deny ourselves food, I think we can clearly you know, we keep on getting those tummy rumbling reminders. Yes. Oh, yeah, God is actually my strength. Um, God is, you know, wow. the most important thing. Um, and also, I think, uh, tells you and God and um, the, you know, anyone else who's watching um, that you are very serious about your prayers. Um, and, um, yeah, you're just in a very different mindset, I believe, when you're fasting and praying as to when you're, you have a belly full and you're praying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're much more earnest. Mm-hmm. I love that, that it's recognizing that, you know, you do need food, but you need God more. Yeah. Actually, you don't need food in comparison to like, ah, oh, I need God way more to a point where like, I, yeah. Um, in we fact, feel our need for food more. That's it. That's Usually. It. Yeah. Yeah. But we need God more. Sorry, yeah. what were you going to say? Well, I, um, you know, in the temptation when Jesus was in the wilderness, mm-hmm. he actually says, man does not live by bread and loan, but by every word that pours out of the mouth of God. God. And the Greek word for pause actually is better translate into pouring. So it's every word that is pouring from the mouth of God, mm. which basically to me, what it means is that God is still speaking and he's always been speaking and he's speaking to us today. And so when we're fasting, we can better focus on what God is saying and we mm. can be more aware and more sensitive yeah. to hearing what he's saying. And that just comes with the fact that we're focusing, right? When you focus on something, you're able to hear it more. Um, mm. It's kind of like when, you know, when you, when you're um, going to a new place and you pop in the address on your GPS or your iPhone. And um, when it, there's specific directions that I get confused about, I put like the volume down yeah. for my, <laughs> on my car when I'm like, okay, I need the volume down because I need to concentrate on the directions. Yes. yes, yes. And I kind of think fasting is kind of like putting the volume <laughs> down a bit so that you can like, okay, what's the, what's the specific, like, what am I, what am I trying to do here? Yes. What's the, where are we going? Yeah. Um, and sometimes you need those moments of just, um, just moments of clarity to, okay, where are we going again? Yeah. It's recentering. Speaking of clarity, I uh, do some extended juice fasts and I find that on maybe day mm, four or five, I start getting very, very clear, very clear. And I feel like I'm so much more intelligent than I usually am because I think it's because, you know, your body's not under the load of, um, it's quite taxing to process all the food that goes into our systems. Yeah. And so when we are not doing that, we have a lot more energy to our brain. And I just find I'm so much clearer and sometimes much more energetic, believe it or not, when I'm just on juice. That's Mm. amazing. And how long would you do a a juice juice fast? Just asking for a friend. (laughs) My longest has been 21, but I've heard of people doing, you know, 60 days, sometimes more. Wow, that's amazing. So the Day of Atonement, uh, setting the Day of Atonement setting explains God's command to lift up your voice like a trumpet. And that is in Isaiah 58 verse 1. 
This kind of ram's horn trumpet is called a shofar, which was to be blown as a memorial or reminder 10 days before the Day of Atonement. That's in Leviticus 23 verse 24. Furthermore, every 50th year on the Day of Atonement, it was to announce the beginning of the Jubilee Year of Freedom. Mm. I think before we go further, we should talk a bit about the Day of Atonement, right? Um, so the Day of Atonement, it happened in, it's, it's outlined in Leviticus and it happened once a year. And the, it's, it's when the priest would enter the most holy place for the cleansing of the sanctuary and the work there completed the yearly round of ministration. So on the Day of Atonement, two kinds of goats were brought to the door of the tabernacle, the temple, and lots were cast upon them, one lot for the Lord and another lot for the the scapegoat. And the goat which the lot fell on first was to be um, given as an offering, a sin offering to the people, and the priest was to bring um, the blood within the veil and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat. Um, and there's this whole process. And then the other, and then Aaron, the priest, should lay his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him the iniquities of the children of Israel and the transgressions and putting them on the head of the goat and then sending the goat away into the wilderness. And it says the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities onto the land not inhabited until um, not until the goat had been sent away. Did the people regard themselves as free from the burden of their sins? So this day was very symbolic. Mm. Um, there was a lot of symbolism there. And I do really encourage people to just like study it for yourself. There is a big like it, there's really big um, pointers to the plan of salvation. Um, so that was that was the day of atonement it happened once a year. Um, but we are, yes. Okay. Here we go. So yes, that was a day of atonement, the day of making things right again, where the Israelites felt, okay, our sins have been, I guess, sent away. We are yes. new, fresh start. Yes. And that's kind of what this is, uh, this, this, this verse that we've, we've talking about is doing. So, um, before we go on a break shortly, we're going to read Isaiah 58 verse three to seven real quick. Um, Isaiah 58 verse 7, 3 to 7. And we're going to see what is the Lord complaining to the people about? Okay, we have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you didn't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. We're going to talk more about the fast that God really wants us to do. and Not one of selfishness, but one of self-denial. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Can't you see? Welcome back to The Breakfast Show. You're with Renee and Kate. We're into our last segment of the Encounter with God series. But before we go on, 
We have another clue for our quiz. Yes. So it's a person and it was, I laid in a tomb. And before you call in and say it's Jesus, it's not Jesus because Isaiah talks about me. This was the last clue. Isaiah talks about me in one of the chapters we have covered already in our encounter. Not all of them. So this is a person who was mentioned in Isaiah that we've covered um, this week and, and was laid in a laid tomb. in a tomb. Oh dear, I wish I knew this one. <laughs> Who could it be? Do, I, do you have a guess? Uh, do you have I, any idea? Or oh, we're both I, clueless. Better, like, yes, I'm going to write it down. Okay, cool, cool. Um, She's writing it down. I'm not sure about that. But this. just a heads up, I said we covered <laughs> no. him this week. We covered him um, in Isaiah, but not this week. Um, okay. All right. Well, if you do know the answer, the numbers to call are... 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM or you can text 0491-064-669. Yes, that's right. And a quick reminder, if you have any comments, any opinions, any thoughts to share, we do love hearing from you. So just text us through. So before the break, Kate was reading Isaiah 58 verse 3 to 7 and... I asked the question, what was God complaining to the people about? And he was complaining about their attitude, right? Mm -hmm. The way they were doing the things. They were fasting and fasting is good. Fasting is Fasting is intended for us to refocus on God and reconnect and... It's it that's its intention, right? There are many good things about fasting, but they were doing it wrong from a wrong place. Yep. From place. wrong motive. Wrong motives, yeah. Yep. They should have been so grateful that God was, you know, cleansing them. Yes. <laughs> um yes. but instead they were like, Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love me more Do now that I'm more? doing this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing though, in our spiritual journeys as Christians in things we can do good things. There are good things you can do. Um, but what God cares about and what he focuses on, and as we see in Isaiah, is where is your heart and mm. where is your motives? Mm. Um, I remember being very a very stressed out theology student last year, and our requirements, we have requirements to um, just get involved in church and to just to do all these things, get, so get involved, do these good things in church, and they're all good things, mm. you know, preach, do Bible studies, um, do visitations, so that's all part of, you know, the syllabus, and, and that's great, so we can get experience, but also to, to see what, you know, what we do as chaplains and pastors and people in ministry, but I found that the less time I spent with God and the less time I focused and, and my focus was elsewhere, my focus became, and when it left God, my focus left God, it became internal. I started mm-hmm. to become focused on me yeah. and I was still doing all the good things, but it was now coming from a place of, I have to do this. If I don't do this, I won't look like a good person. Mm. And it came from selfish motives. So I can really relate when God was spe- in speaking in this. I find, I, I find myself rebuked and <laughs> also challenged, but also hopeful because the verse doesn't, God never leaves us without hope, no, right? He doesn't. Um, we read at the end, God gives a solution yes. to our problem. Um, and any- it still has good fruit. Yes. Better fruit, actually. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Kate, would you, oh, actually, what was wrong? 
so yeah, I kind of we covered kind of covered like what's wrong with their fast. It was more of their attitude. Um, would you like to read the last part of the study? Yes, yes. From yes, it seems it, yes, yes. It seems the people were expecting the Lord to congratulate them for their piety. Of course, they had it all backwards. Practicing self-denial on the Day of Atonement was to express their gratitude and loyalty to Him on the day the High Priest went before God to cleanse the sanctuary and thereby cleanse Him from the sins for which they had already been forgiven. Hmm. That was an interesting point I found. Yes. So during the year they were already forgiven, but on this day they were actually being cleansed. So forgiven and cleansed are two different things. Yes, yeah. Hmm. It kind of felt like they reset, like it's like a reset day. That was really... Yeah, definitely. And, you know, in my life, I can be forgiven for something, but not cleansed, say, forgiven for a sin, yes, but not cleansed of it yet. Huh. And so, I see. Yeah. So, um, you know, my sin might be lying. Yes. I might be forgiven for that, but then I'm actually cleansed, like it gotten, it's been gotten rid of when I stop lying. Wow. <laughs> I wow. don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great thought. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so they were already forgiven, but on this day they were cleansed. Uh, Their acts should have been done in thankfulness and gratitude to the God who saved them in the day of judgment, not in order to get God's approval for their piety and devotion. After all, it was the sins of the people that had defiled God's sanctuary. It had to be cleansed with blood that was shed because of what they had done. Mm. I think they kind of fell into, fell into the mindset of real, of thinking that if I am pious and faithful in, in my fasting, then that will, in a sense, be, that will cleanse, mm. that will be enough to cleanse me or cleanse. But no, <laughs> like you said, we can't, like only Jesus can cleanse yes. us from, from all unrighteousness. I believe that's a verse in the Bible. Yep. And he, you know, we use our will as well. <laughs> so yes. he cleanses us and we will. It's yes. just like, okay, I choose it. Go. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. You have the reins. One of the crucial lessons that comes from the text points is the difference between merely religious and truly being a follower of Christ. Come on now. How do we see a difference there? How do we see a difference between just religious and being a follower of Christ? Well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I think religious being religious is practice, right? It's just behavior, focusing yeah. just on the behavior. Going through the motions. Going through the motions. And then your focus isn't, is now on yourself. It's more self-centered. Yes. Look what I'm doing. Look at me. Uh, look how good I am. And then, and look how bad everyone else is. Yeah. And then being a follower of Christ is truly, truly self, being self, uh, denial, if that, uh, being denying, denying of self. Um, and, uh, and focusing on Christ. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Because when we focus on Christ, then we grow to love him yeah. and we want to have more of a relationship with him. And so it comes from, you know, us doing, you know, the fruit that we are bearing comes because he's actually in our heart and it's his spirit doing it in us um, and, you know, with our will, we're choosing it. Um, And so it's quite different to actually know God and do it for him because we love him and by his spirit than just going through the motions. Absolutely. It is different, far different. How do we as individuals face the same danger as the individuals presented here, which is believing that our religious religious rituals somehow show that we are really following the Lord as he asks us to do? Hmm. Well, I think 
that it's easy to fall into that. I can yeah. put it simply and say when you lose focus of God. Yeah. When you, when you just start to think of, it's simple, but it's something we all fall into, right? Yeah. We yeah. all become self-centered. Yes. And life gets in the way. When people say life gets in the way, you're mm-hmm. doing, you're going through the motions and you can start to focus on yourself and lose sight of Christ and then begin just to do religious r- rituals for the sake of it instead of being a follower of Christ. Mm. And there's a quote that I'll probably get wrong, but it's something like, when I focus on myself, I can't imagine how I could possibly be saved. When I focus on Christ and all he's done, I can't imagine how I could possibly be lost. <laughs> So, yeah, that's the focus. That's beautiful. Focus on Christ. Um, know that he, he's, he, he wants better for us. He doesn't just want, he doesn't want just actions and behaviors that are just these rituals. He wants a deeper relationship with us and to do it in us and to do it in us. That's it. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Question of the day. Okay, Renee, would the Israelite Day of Atonement be similar to our celebration of Easter Sunday? In the resurrection of our Lord Jesus uh, was like the scapegoat for us and our transgressions. There's a bit of symbolism there and a sprinkling of the blood on the mercy seat would be similar to Jesus shedding his blood for us. That's a question from Raphael. Excellent. Thank you so much for your question, Raphael. Um, I think the first thing I would focus is, focus on is what was the day of atonement and, and Easter and what, what is Easter? And so we were talking about this off air. We found the, the day of atonement. Um, it was a ceremony given by God that God instructed the Israelites to practice once a year. And we kind of went through what happened throughout that day. Um, and we, and just a little research into atonement. Atonement is making, making things right again, right? And atonement happened at the cross where Jesus ultimately paid the full price for our sins and he made us right. He made us at one with God. Um, so I think my initial reaction was, I don't think so. I don't think it's like, that's what atonement is. Easter Sunday, I guess it's, um, Easter in general, it recognizes the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Christ, which there are definitely similarities mm. between the two. So absolutely. He did, he did say there's a bit of symbolism there. The sprinkling of the blood on the mercy seat would be kind of like Jesus shedding his blood for us. And listen, the, the day of atonement, it focused on the sacrifice. Like atonement was, was Christ's sacrifice. And that's what Easter remembers. And we remember mm. that Christ, um, sacrificed his life and he paid the ultimate price. And that sacrifice was not, it, it wasn't pretty to look upon. It was gruesome and it was bloody, but he did it anyway. So I think there is similarities between the two, definitely. But, um, I think, I think they're very different things. Very, mm. very different. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah. Any thoughts on that? We did kind of talk about like, you know, the day of atonement off air and we were like, mm. it's like cleansing and forgiveness. And I feel like I want to do more research yes. <laughs> before I answer. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. But thank you so much for your question, Raphael. I think they are 
very I think they have similarities there are links yeah there are links and um very good eye in picking out those those similarities between the two because um yeah I think Easter is a great time to remember the atonement that Jesus made for us and to remember that he paid a high price he did yeah thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM